0: Join the guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com.
1: Run your law firm the right way.
2: The right way.
1: This is the Maximum Liar Podcast.
2: Maximum Liar Podcast.
1: Your hosts Jim Hacking
2: and Tyson Mitrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking,
3: and I'm Tyson Matrix. What's up, Jimmy?
2: How are you, Tyson?
3: I am doing well, man. I've got uh, a deposition in a couple hours. I'm going to get out of my t-shirt and jump into a suit in a little bit because it's going to be a video depot. But how you doing?
2: I'm doing well. You're doing a depot from your house?
3: No, it's in the office.
2: Oh, okay. So. All right. Great. Well, I am excited about our guest today. We've she and I've been online friends for a really long time, but we've never really had a chance to talk. She was an estate planning lawyer for a while, and now she advises and coaches lawyers, and we're really excited to have her on the show. Her name is Wendy Witt. Wendy, thanks for being with us.
1: Oh, thanks, Jim. Hi, Tyson. It's awesome to be here, and let's talk.
3: So, Wendy, tell us about your journey and how you got to where you are right now.
1: So, I went to law school. Is that early enough to start?
3: (laughs) You can start when you're born, whatever you want.
1: I went to law school and and was like, I don't want to be a lawyer. And so for a long time, I wasn't. And I went in, I was pregnant with my third child and went in to uh, get an estate plan to protect my kids because I had read some books and and knew all the bad things that could happen if I didn't have a proper estate plan in place. And at six months pregnant with my third kid got offered a position as an estate planning attorney. And just because the attorney and I hit it off, I was licensed. He was like, oh, as you know from hiring, sometimes when it's kismet, it's kismet. You make it happen. So I practiced for 15 years, absolutely loved it, and then was looking for more impact and figuring out what that meant. And I actually had started helping other attorneys with what I learned about marketing and about building the business. The first, the first year I had worked in that firm, we were able to double the estate planning revenue. So that was very fun and it's always been fun for me. Then I ended up being recruited into a large national attorney association where it was all estate planning attorneys, 4,500. And I was like, boom. So now instead of protecting a hundred families a year, I'm protecting several hundred thousand. And that was really cool to me. So whenever I make decisions now, I'm looking for impact. I'm looking for really a way to tilt the universe. And a lot of what I do now is tilting the universe towards wellness for attorneys. I know you're all aware of the challenges that attorneys face. And I think a lot of that the wellness challenges, the stress challenges, the alcoholism, all the, you know, the ABA study and and those results that show the statistics are pretty scary. And I think part of that is because attorneys are giving their life and their family whatever's left over instead of starting there first. So my philosophy is to start with where you want to be you know, begin with the end in mind. What kind of life do you want? How do you want to spend your time? How much money do you need to live the life you want? Who do you want to work with? Who do you love? All those things. And then really re re-figure that to build the firm that you love. And so that's what I do on a daily basis.
2: I definitely want to get to that to talk about lawyer wellness and, and the coaching that you do. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about when you first started working for that estate planning lawyer. I love how you came to join the firm. That's so great that you were a client and then you started with them. I love that. But talk to us about what you saw when you first came in and then the tweaks and changes that you were able to make to help that firm grow.
1: So first I had a great mentor. That really helped me be able to feel empowered so that I could take the reins. And so we were doing, you know, this was back in '99. So that's, you know, I did their website because. It was 99. I would not do it today, but back in then I could. We would do newsletters, news, um, a lot of presentations, uh, and a lot of working with other ally professionals. So in the estate planning world, that typically means financial advisors, CPAs, and insurance professionals. And we taught, we uh, did a lot of teaching for the Pennsylvania Bar Institute, for just local organizations, banks and things like that, and so that really got the word out. I think part of it was because we were out there so much more, part we were developing more relationships, and part was because my mentor and I are of different generations, so I think that also helped to make people feel comfortable in working with a firm, especially in estate planning, that we were going to be there for them down the road and their
3: families. So, Wendy, I'm going to blatantly rip off a question that Guy Raz likes to ask. Um, I don't think I've ever done that on this podcast, but I, from uh, how I built this, Guy Raz, he always asks this question, you know, how much of, the, of success is based upon luck and how much is based upon hard work and skill and things like that? What, what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: So I'm gonna be a lawyer and not answer that question. I'm gonna give you an answer to the question I wanna answer. And that is, I think success is 80% mindset and 20% hard work. Maybe even 90-10. All
2: right, so then you get involved with the overall group of elder, or I'm sorry, estate planning lawyers. And talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, when you were then helping those lawyers grow their practices, What were the things then, and I'm sure they're the same kind of things you see now, that were holding people back from getting the growth that they wanted?
1: So the number one issue with lawyers holding themselves back is not understanding that law is a business. And that's where I was myself. When I graduated from law school, literally the day I graduated, my favorite professor gave me a hug and said, Wendy, call me if you give all your money away. Because I was very like, oh, I want to help people. And, you know, salespeople or business people, they just want to make money. That's where my mindset was in 1991. And it was really a big slap in the face to learn you can't help people without money. You, everything is a business, even a non-profit. So even a law firm that's a profession. So once attorneys learn to see themselves as business people first, and that the services they provide are professional, then they can understand that they need to make strategic decisions, business plans, have systems, hire, all those kind of things.
3: Let's get into the mindset part of it a little bit more. I should have followed up a a few minutes ago, but I'm gonna ask you now is, I guess what are some of the mindset techniques that you teach that help? Because I mean, I think that mindset is crucial and confidence is crucial. What are some things that you teach that, um, or, or things that you recommend lawyers do to get into the right mindset?
1: So, we talk a lot about the rule of 100% uh, responsibility. And what that is, is that you may not be able to determine what comes out at you. So, an event, whether it be the weather, a political administration, a plague, a recession, so forth. You are not able to control those things, but you are able to control your reaction to things and therefore you determine the outcome. So that's the very foundational element. It's actually a formula E for event R plus your response equals O the outcome. And everything comes back to that. All other success principles build upon that understanding that the only things you can control are your thoughts and the images you hold in your mind and your actions, including what you say and how you say it. And so that's where we start. And then to work on that, it, it's really just implementing some basic success principles and tools and even building. I'm finding my clients when they will take some time for some morning routine, such as a power hour where they're doing something. Um, and this is just an example. Of course it's customized to the person, but you know, 20 minutes of meditation in the morning, then 20 minutes of some kind of reading that inspires them. And then 20 minutes of exercise. They're really starting their day at a more solid place and the more balanced you are, the more, better you can um, handle decisions and all the fires that are coming at you.
2: I love that. I love that. And another thing that I want to talk about, Wendy, is leverage. Talk to us about working with teams. I think the number one problem that Tyson and I come upon when we're dealing with lawyers, they always say, and it's a total tell, they always say, oh, I wish I could clone myself. And to to me, that's a tell that they're control freaks and they want to do everything. Can you talk a little bit about that problem?
1: Yeah, so having the fear of delegation would definitely be a high issue in in holding yourself back. And I'm actually, today, I have to finish it. I have a deadline for the local county bar association on how to hire a rock star team. And when you're looking at it, you really, I, I run through an analysis, a needs analysis that shows people who they need to hire next. And some of the ways I get people to hire is to practice delegating just really tiny things. There's nothing like something getting done and you're not the one that has to do it. I mean, that feels almost like magic. It's a wonderful thing and can be addictive. Um, But I run through financial analysis and show people how this is the process for your services. So say, Jim, your immigration, correct. So to get somebody a green card, there's going to be this step, this step, this step, this step, and this step. And you, you would list out who are the lowest paid competent people to be able to do each of those steps. And then you can see, you say, well, I do five of these a month and I do 10 of these a month. And you take the averages and you can see what's really empowering is you can see whether you can see exactly who to hire next. You can see whether you're charging enough, who your next hire is, whether your team is working like you think they're working, if they're overworked or underworked. And you also see whether the work is being pushed down to the lowest paid person. So, and this happens a lot that it's not. So someone... They're either doing, you know, a lot of times lawyers are doing administrative work. Well, if you can pay someone $20 to do something that you, that you could be marketing for or billing for at 300 $350, 400 whatever, the math becomes clear really fast how team members pay for themselves.
3: So let's get into some of the, um, I guess I'll call them the struggles that lawyers um, deal with, because I know you'd mentioned that a little bit before. So I guess... Why, why do you think it is lawyers have issues with dependency and, you know, alcoholism and, and all that? I mean, what, like, what, why is it? What's causing this? Cause it's a clear issue.
1: So my observations for that is what we talked about just a little bit is lawyers are giving what's left to themselves and to their family. Getting help is discouraged in the profession I mean, law students who seek help, law students are not seeking help in law school because they have to mark such on their bar application and they're getting stopped from entering the profession. So if you're starting there where it's not okay to ask for help and not recognizing the stress of the job, of the career, of the responsibility, of the lifestyle, then you're discouraging people to get help. I also think, you know, there's still a stigma to getting help and even help, help for any kind of mental challenges or addiction challenges. There's a stigma to that, but there's also a stigma to lawyers showing any kind of humanity or, or weakness or not knowing everything. I I I see it myself in that privately, because it becomes much more than a business strategy thing. I'm dealing with people's marriages and kids and how often they see them, and those conflicts are part of, for lack of a better word, the full package, the the a full advancement in someone's life. And I just honestly, I I see on my you know my social media threads. At least twice a month of another uh, attorney committing suicide. And that's why I talk about it so much, is so that it's normalized and wellness is normalized and that it's a priority. A friend of mine last year visited with a Dalai Lama. And my friend Jack actually asked him, you know, what's the most interesting thing you see in the world? And he said, man, as in humans. And Jack said, well, why is that? And he said, because man will spend all their health to get money and then all their money to get health. And um, I think if we talk about these things from the beginning and and let no lawyers know that they have the power to make a change because whether they're starting out or they're restructuring their firm or building the team out, even changing practice areas, it's okay to make a change, and there's a whole lot of people there to help you do that.
2: That's awesome, Wendy. That's awesome. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior receptionist service for law firms trusted by many maximum lawyers, including the hacking law practice. Smith AI is friendly U.S.-based receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish. They screen and schedule new leads, and they can even take payment for consults. Best part is that they don't just handle these conversations via phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on our website through their chat widget. Whenever I read this and I see the word via, I always laugh because when I was in law school and I was taking legal research and writing, I lost points for using the word via. I don't know why. Uh, They serve as our friendly gatekeepers. While my team and I work uninterrupted, we get new clients and we get work done. How awesome is that? If you're in a solo or small firm, I know you'll appreciate this. Smith AI now offers 24-7 Virtual receptionist service, answering calls, website chats, texts, and Facebook messages. Plans start at just $70 a month for calls and $100 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like me say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth. Smith AI offers a free trial, and maximum lawyer listeners get an extra $100 discount with promo code MAXLAW100. That's M A X L A W 100 sign up and learn more at www.smithai. Wendy, you mentioned having two and a half kids when you met with that lawyer. And that's so funny because I always say that I started my law firm when we had two and a half kids. But of course, I'm the dad and not the mom. And I practice now with my wife, who is the mother of my children. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit to the mom lawyer listeners to our show, because we have a really high number of female law owners, which is one of the things I'm really proud of our group. And I know that they have sort of special stressors. You know, I try to do everything I can to help Amani with the kids, but there's just this, I think there's just still more that moms always have to do. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would guess I would say, you know, do what I say, not what I did. Cause in, in that time, I would definitely say we were in survival mode. And the years can go pretty, it doesn't feel like it when you're in the middle of it, but the years go really quickly when you're in survival mode. So it's a matter, I would suggest that it's a matter of picking and choosing, recognizing your unique abilities and living those unique abilities with your families, with your children and having other people handle other things. It's worth the investment to have other people supporting you in that role, you, you do, I would suggest that you do not need to do everything that you think a 1950s housewife, mother comp- combined with a 2020 lawyer would need to do. It's okay if you're not the one that cooks dinner. It's okay even if you're not doing carpool, like pick, pick the things that have the most resonance with you that is the most important. And when you're doing those things, make sure that that's where your attention is So a French child once said to her, could you please listen to me with your eyes? And that meant, because, you know, when you're half doing something and you're like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But if your attention is there, that's what your child is going to remember. I actually taught a few years ago for the Pennsylvania Women's Division of Lawyers. And there was a young lawyer who stood up who's She was a lawyer and her mom had been a lawyer and it made me feel so good because she said, I want you all to know that we're okay. It's okay that you have this career. We were, we were okay. We are okay. And I went to hug her and take her home because you always have that challenge. I found that if you're here and doing this work, you feel like you should be here and doing this work and vice versa. So knowing that your kids will be okay, even though you're a dynamite lawyer and owner of a law firm, owner of a business and pick the things that are in your heart, your unique abilities and let other people handle everything
3: else. So I, I found, I find what you said really interesting because and I, it's, it's spot on. Um, James Shramko, I was listening to his podcast the other day and Jim will like to hear that cause he loves James Shramko. but he, he's talking about like in his previous life, he was talking about basically uh, how he went from his previous life to his like current life of of coaching and how like he really had to learn to shut it off because in his previous career he would just, you know, berate people and destroy people. I mean, like just like, and it was just a different mindset in that career. And like, it can be difficult. I mean, you can be in trial all day or have a really difficult deposition then go home. And then like, you've got to shut it off. I mean, it's a different world that you're in. And so, I think what you're saying is spot on. You have to, but you have to do that though. I mean, it's something you can't take all that home with you and then put it on your family. So I think what you're saying is.
1: So Tyson, my brain is going bingo, bingo, bingo. when you say that, because I have observed that when you go through law school, a shield of filter comes over you. And so you interpret every conversation. You see what's inconsistent. You see what's wrong. If you do not choose to, to turn that off. And it took me a lot of years to be able to do it. And I know it affected my, you know, my marriage and my relationships, my friendship, my enjoyment of a movie. I'm like, that is not right. You know? (laughs) And like, if you don't suspend disbelief, if you, if you don't let humans be humans, you're always coming from the lawyer frame of mind. It is going to affect your wellness. It's going to affect your relationships and your ability just to enjoy life.
3: So let's talk about the relationship part of it because they don't always understand that. Right. I mean, like you, your friends, your family, your mom, your dad, your, your, your spouse, your kids don't understand that. So how do you, I mean, how do you convey that to them? I mean, honestly, I think that that's probably one of the hardest things for me to do is like explain to them. I, I don't want to come home to them and tell them this is all this crap happened today. So, and so I don't, you know, so like, so how do you though convey that to them? Like, Hey, this is stressful over here. I try not to bring it home with me. If that makes sense, I'm not even sure that question makes sense, but if it yeah. does, yeah,
1: it's a it's a good question because it's a thoughtful question because you want you need to be able to talk and have people understand your life because I under, I understand this a little bit because my husband and I my husband's a physical therapist I am the lawyer and business owner and it's like you're living in two separate worlds and somehow you both have to step out of those worlds to come into your own family world, I think the best part for this is to talk to other lawyers like you have in your group. I mean, your group is magic. Your your group is providing shortcuts and mentoring and support like I've never seen before. So having, I mean, sometimes my clients even say to me, like, you're the only one I can talk to, attorney clients, you're the only one I can talk to about this because my spouse doesn't get it. I don't want to disclose all this to my team. don't really get it and so that's what a lot of our conversations are so i would suggest that you have outside resources that your spouse can't fulfill every role and that seeking other lawyers or advisors of people who support law firms and help them is a good way to go to talk about those things i experienced it myself where my dad my dad was a college professor He would come home and he would, I thought he hated his job because he would be angry and complaining and it it, it was horrible. I thought he hated it. Then years later, I actually took one of his classes. He was a dynamite teacher. He was a geology professor. So he's up on the desk and he's saying, you know, demonstrating the different types of lava. This is aha. And this is a boy. <laughs> and he was dynamite, and he was so good with the kids and just fabulous and entertaining. But yet I thought he, I hated, He hated his job. So I think you have to think about how you present yourself to your kids too. It's certainly okay for them to know your stress and have heart and have challenges because you're being a model to them. But what do you bring home and what do you say in front of them? will determine the choices that they make moving forward
2: that's awesome i love that story about your dad and i i relate about sort of sometimes we're one way at work and one way at home so i I totally appreciate that all right so for my last question wendy thanks for the kind things you said about our group and i just have a question this is more on the coaching side of what you do and this is actually one of the great things about running this podcast is tyson and i get to ask questions that actually (laughs) help us too And so let's say hypothetically that you had two lawyers, both of whom had successful law firms. They started a podcast four years ago. They have a Facebook group with about 3,500 people in there. They have a guild with about 70 members in there where we sort of do a little bit more hands-on coaching. But let's say that these guys' law firms are running themselves and they wanted to spend more of their time going to coaching. And I mean, like my favorite thing to do is to talk with lawyers or really any business owner about the things that they're struggling with. When I go get my haircut, it's really just a whole session on how are we going to make this salon take off. When I, I talked to my friend, Josh, about his chiropractic thing, we turned it into a podcast and, and there you go. So what, what kind of tips do you have for Tyson and I, as we find ourselves at this stage?
1: Well, what could kind I, of, I don't know that you need any tips. What it, your law firms are running themselves. Oh, you mean where to go next?
2: as coaches yeah as coaches
1: yeah okay so all of your lawyers in your group have businesses that serve them right so you went right so get referrals from all the lawyers in your group and bring those people into your own small business group
2: i guess i guess what i mean is as we, if we wanted to be like more full-time coaches than law firm owners. Okay. And w- how did you make that transition or how do you, what's the mindset that we should be having as we make that transition out of spending hundred percent of our time on our law firms and sort of growing maximum lawyer to more of a, of a full scale coaching operation?
1: I've seen that you're already doing it, right? So do you, are, do you guys have COOs that are running the firm?
2: I do.
3: I have, I don't call them a COO, but yes.
1: So you have a CEO uh, and you're the, would you remain the CEOs?
2: I don't have to. I would, I would prefer to, but.
1: And what I mean by the CEO is you're the one, you're the person creating the vision.
2: Yeah. That part I'm willing to do. Yeah. I just, yeah. I've just, I've completely stepped back from day-to-day operations. I've completely stepped back mostly from the operation of, you know, being a lawyer and the firm in a lot of ways is running a lot of it itself. So I want to spend more of my time coaching lawyers either one-on-one or in bigger groups and I'm just wondering what you were think what you think about that.
1: It depends on your goal. So if you if your goal is impact money, then you need to look at groups. If you're going to like it depends on if you want to trade time for money. So I would suggest you probably don't in the long run. So you could always use the one on one to build up funds to do something, but in the long run, if you're exchanging time for money you're, it's like the billable hour you're just oh, you're going to be trapped by that by your impact. I think you guys could have a much bigger impact than that so there's there's masterminds for events like you you know max.com. so uh, someone in your situation might use i mean you have the really active Facebook group. So I would do a little bit more in there, I, I, you know, to bring people into other opportunities. And then I haven't been to, to Maxell Con yet, but do you, basic, do you use that to platform into other paid opportunities?
2: Not yet. We just sort of go along. We just say that sounds like a good idea. Let's try that. Like that's, The podcast had no grand scheme, no grand idea. the The conference was. We just wanted to be with our friends. The Facebook group was an easy way to communicate. So we've yeah. really been we've really been blessed with all the things that we've tried, and and we've just sort of gone where the energy takes us.
1: So we would ha- we you'd have to adapt it twenty twenty style, but that's what. When- the big guys do is that they have a gathering like that. That's that's priced just to cover expenses. It's not priced to make money. Sometimes they even lose a little bit on it, but then they're that the purpose of that is to sell, Mm. to bring people together, get, or, uh, you know, um, people excited, give them a taste of you. And then you're selling them into masterminds, or um, programs like 15 grand programs or 30 grand programs or masterminds at five grand. Like I would suggest different levels because people are at different places. Sure. But the groups, a group program where you're workshopping is going to have great impact and you're going to, that's where you're going to make your money.
2: And it's not that not so much time for money. It's sort of scalable.
1: It's scalable, right? And so, and then eventually if you guys want to train people under you to handle certain things, then it's even more scalable.
2: Got it. Cool. That's awesome. Thanks.
1: Yeah.
3: All right. So we do need to begin to wrap things up before I do. I want to remind everyone to go to that amazing Facebook group that we do have. Um, a lot of great engagement there. Wendy is in there. And so she's, she participates quite a bit in the group. Also check us out on the guild, in the guild, go to maximum Prices go up very soon, so check us out. Uh, Jimmy, what is your hack of the week?
2: There's a Tim Ferriss episode that I've been listening to, I've listened to twice now, and and just the the whole Tim Ferriss podcast in and of itself is fantastic. I've actually gone and reread the transcript of this one episode, and it's not anything earth-shattering. You know, sometimes things just hit you at the right time, and you're sort of struck by it, but the episode with Brad Feld, which is episode 448. You know, I love Tim's podcast. They're, they're always like two hours long. I wish we could go long on some guests like we could with Wendy for sure. But this episode really is just sort of a, a real statement on mindset and how to adapt in the, faces of, in the face of conflict. And it just struck me during Corona time of the hurdles that this, he's sort of a venture capitalist guy and he just had a lot of really good episodes. So there a lot of good messages in his episodes. So I'll drop a link in the um, comments so that everyone can access that. But it's 448 Brad Feld of the Tim Ferris podcast.
3: Very cool. All right, Wendy, we always ask our guests to give a tip or a hack. So do you have a tip or a hack for us?
1: So my tip is put COVID in that formula, the E plus R equals O COVID is the event. You get to choose how you respond to it, and that will determine the outcome for you. So always go back to that. How do I respond to this? I get to pick.
3: Very cool. I love it. So my tip of the week, and for the people in the guild, I'm going to be able to actually show this to you. It's something called Timeline 3D. And so for those of you that need to put things on a timeline, like trial lawyers, you could even do this for estate planning very very cool very interactive and so timeline 3d is amazing and i talked about this at oaj last week william media invited me to speak and i've talked about some tools you can use in trial and this is something that you can use that's use It's really really cool that you visually it is extremely impactful um, and you can show a series of events in a very visually awesome way and so timeline 3d is really really awesome Wendy, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a a great episode. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Wendy.
1: Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.